Should the Edmonton Oilers send more players down to the minors? Is a Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard tandem good enough for the Oilers to make the playoffs? And which of the three Montreal Canadiens goaltenders should the Oilers be interested in? Stick around for the answers to those questions and more in this week's episode of Striking Oil. Welcome to the Striking Oil podcast, giving you Edmonton Oilers analysis and rumors from a fan turned journalist. I'm your host, Caleb Kearney. By day, I am a carpenter, and by night, I am the site editor of the Edmonton Oilers team site over at the Hockey News website. Before we get started today, two just quick announcements. First, go to Edmonton Oilers THN. Substack.com to subscribe to the free email newsletter. All you need is an email address to sign up. Okay. You will receive an email whenever there is a new episode of this podcast, as well as two newsletters per week one on Tuesday, one on Friday, Top 10 Tuesday, and Former Friday. I apologize to everyone about the Friday substack. It hasn't been sent out yet. I will send that out today. I am recording this on, pardon me, Sunday morning. So sometime today, I will get out the Friday newsletter. Now, the second announcement, I guess is kind of a big one. So beginning in December, Striking Oil will become a YouTube-only podcast. So if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, stop what you're doing, head over to YouTube, search Striking Oil, okay? You'll see the logo there, orange and blue, okay? You can't miss it. Now, there's a couple reasons for it, and they're all kind of tied together. Now, Part of it is simplifying the process of making this podcast. And at this moment in time, I am not making any money on this podcast. Okay. I am doing this just as another medium to express my, my views and opinions and what I'm hearing about the team, about the players, all that sort of thing. And moving it to just YouTube just simplifies the process for me, especially taking into consideration the other reason that I'm sort of doing this to consolidate that and then to uh, focus on a new podcast (laughs) that I will be starting in the new year. Now, this new podcast, it's going to be all about, it's going to be more journalism focused in a sense. So giving, giving people sort of my experience of being a hockey journalist, letting you sort of take a peek behind the curtain at at, different things that go on. um, Some of the hockey politics sort of happening around the Oilers, but sort of in the league in general 
and with that, like some writing tips. So more of a, more of a podcast from a fan turned journalist talking about being a fan turned journalist. So look out for that in January and it's going to be called inside the locker room. Okay. I'm probably going to get a trailer up sometime in December, but I want to launch that in January and I'm going to be taking it kind of a different approach uh, than I am with this podcast. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be different. And that podcast is also going to be an audio only podcast. So that one will not be available on YouTube. And this one is only going to be available on YouTube. So it's going to be, it's going to be a different, different flavor, but I want to try some different things with that podcast. And it's such a unique thing that I want to just have it as its own thing instead of having it be this. So that's, that's the big news. Okay. And now to pivot and get back into the show, do the Oilers need to send more players down to the Bakersfield Condors? Okay. Yes. Okay. I have one player specifically in mind. Now, when the Oilers called them up, I was like, okay, this could be good as long as they play. And so far they haven't. And judging by how things have gone, I don't think that's going to change. So Philip Broberg was called up earlier. Uh, before this road trip, they wanted an extra defenseman on the road trip. That's what Knobloch said. Um, I think they called up the wrong guy. I think they sh- should have called up Ben Gleason. It's a much better thing for your organization if your top I don't even I don't even know if he's still like a prospect in this sense, but if you're if you have a player like Philip Broberg who has great two-way defensive potential, it behooves you to play that player. I have talked about Broberg more than once on the show. And that is the thing that is just kind of driving me nuts about the Oilers this year is how they are handling Broberg. Okay. His first two games, he's playing 15, 16 minutes and I've perfect stick with that. Ride him for 15, 16 minutes a night for the season. Just do it. Just do it. He's going to get better. The more that he plays now, not only is he not playing in the NHL because he's healthy scratched, now he's not playing in the AHL. So what's the point of even having him up? You might as well just have a warm body in the press box. And Ben Gleason can be that warm body. Okay, He strikes me as more of an extra defenseman. You need Broberg to play, get some confidence, help him to work on his assertiveness in game situations. And he can only work on that if he's actually playing. Shocker. Okay. So play Philip Broberg. 
in the NHL or send him down. Simple as that. Call up Ben Gleason. Okay. If you lose him to waivers because you need to put him on waivers after the fact, who cares? It's not your best defensive, I want to say protege because I don't, like I said, I don't really think he's still like a prospect because he's played 50 games now, 50 plus NHL games. Tough to call him a prospect still, but he is a prospect. Um, That's, yeah, that's the beginning and end of that. So that's what I think. Broberg down, Gleason up. That way, if you have Gleason healthy scratched in the press box, it's not that big of a deal. Now, taking a look at Calvin, Pickard, and Stuart Skinner. Are they a tandem that is going to be good enough to take the Oilers to the playoffs? In short, I'm going to say no. Okay? There's a couple reasons for that. One, they haven't even played Pickard. Okay? He's been up, and ever since they called him up, which I think is like two weeks now, or a week and a half, so I think he was called up in the 8th. I believe he was called up in the 8th. I'd have to double check that, but I believe he was called up in the 8th. Okay? It is presently the 19th. So 11 days ago. Okay? He's called up 11 days ago. Has not played a game. Hasn't played a game. The Oilers have played 2, 3, 4, 5 games. Okay? They've played 5 games since he's been called up. I get it. He was never going to be like a 50-50 guy like Campbell was with Skinner, but at least spot him a game. I mean, they don't play a back-to-back, I think, until like sometime in December because the rest of November is like every other day they play a game. They just played yesterday. They're going to play Monday, tomorrow. They're going to play Wednesday. They're going to play Friday. Then they're going to play Sunday, then Tuesday, then Thursday. And that's how they finish off November. Playing every other day. It's tough not to just go with Skinner for all those games. But because of this road trip, I feel like they need to give Picker to start on this road trip. Is it going to be next game? Is it going to be the game after? Is it going to be Friday's game? We'll see. Okay. Now... Until they actually play Pickard, they're not going to know what they have with Pickard. Okay, he's been playing excellent in the AHL this year. They could give him a game, and he could just play completely out of this world. And if they just keep playing him, and he keeps performing to that level, awesome, fantastic. Now you have some time to help Skinner sort of find his game again. You know. Skinner has been a bit inconsistent this year. Granted, so has Campbell. They both had games where they were good to great. Campbell was more good. Skinner has been more great. And then, you know, there's the games where, you know, five goals on 20 shots kind of a thing. It's not not a recipe for winning. Part of that is defending. Part of that is also 
ultimately goaltending. Skinner, uh, very calm guy when you talk to him. You know, I've been in I've been in scrums with him, and he's you know incredibly thoughtful, very even keel. If it's a win or it's a loss, you get the same you get the same Stuart Skinner, you know, and according to money puck when looking at the loss against tampa the expected goals for each team were four and a half for the oilers 2.76 for the lightning okay the 11 ones the lightning one six to four one of those goals was an empty netter okay so we can kind of scratch that i guess i'm not sure how the expected goals model of money puck accounts for empty net goals but basically tampa scored twice as much as they should have essentially and the oilers scored pretty much exactly what they should have they scored four goals their expected was four and a half they performed to their expected goals. So there wasn't, they can say to themselves that, you know, we need to finish more and all this sort of thing, but they performed to their expected goals. I don't know how much more you can get out of that offense. Your goaltending needs to stop pucks. That's like as simple as it is. And Skinner will be the first guy to tell you I wasn't good enough. I need to make those saves. He said that. I've heard him say that in scrums. Okay. So it's not a concept that he is unfamiliar with or anything of that nature. So, and the one last thing I'll say about Pickard is he could be a diamond in the rough. He could be a late bloomer, but they will never know if they don't play him. So they need to just give him a game. Just see what happens. Okay. That's, just what it is okay so on the road trip they need to give him a game because they can't ride skinner for the rest of the season they just simply can't okay there's 66 games left this year okay the last time they had a goaltender play 70 plus games is also the last time any goaltender in the NHL has played 70 plus games in one season. And that was Cam Talbot in 2016 and 17. He played 73 games. Okay. He had a 919 save percentage and a 2.39 goals against average that year to go along with seven shutouts, which had him tied for third in the league. Okay. The only goaltenders that had more shutouts than him, and this is just to tell you like how long ago this was, Tuka Rask and Braden Holtby. Okay. Back when, you know, Braden Holtby was good and wasn't forced to retire because he wasn't good. So that's a long time ago. Skinner is not the goaltender that cam talbot was that year could he be sure he could he needs to something needs to get figured out 
right? A lot of goaltending is mental. So Skinner's got to figure it out to be more consistent. How do you be a more consistent goaltender? If I knew, I would just tell them. But, you know, they know that they need to be better. And maybe they just need to give Pickard the next game. Okay? So maybe if... I, I don't know how that affects the, the psychology of a goaltender if you have a bad game and then the next game they go with the other guy. I know for some guys that can motivate them, but there's other guys where maybe that doesn't quite motivate motivate them, at least not in a positive sense. Maybe that becomes more of a negative thing for some goaltenders. You know, it's, it's tough to say. I know Skinner, he generally likes to just get back in there. Most goaltenders I feel like are kind of like that. It is what it is. So finally, the Montreal Canadiens have three goalies. Which one should the Edmonton Oilers go for? Now, just off the hop, the only reason why I'm mentioning Montreal is because uh, the Oilers had some scouts at the latest Montreal Canadiens game. And they're checking out goaltenders. Okay. I guess it was, um, it was Friedman who reported on this, I believe on his 32 thoughts podcast. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Cause he's also on Sportsnet, and sometimes he reports things on Sportsnet, and sometimes he does it on the podcast. Either way, that's, that's the source for that. So, I just want to take a quick look at the three goaltenders and see who kind of makes the most sense for the Oilers to acquire. So they have Sam Montembeau, Jake Allen, Caden Primo. Okay. So all three of these goaltenders to start the year, Montembeau, Montembeau, he started seven games. He's three, three and one, a 2.78 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. Pretty decent. Jake Allen, eight games started. He's three, four, and one with a 3.54 goals against average, but a 907 save percentage. Pretty similar save percentage. He's just getting more shots on him. So maybe Montreal isn't blocking as much shots. Tough to say. Primo, he's only started three games. He's one, two, and oh, a 3.97. Goals against average and an 885 save percentage. So off the hop, I think Primo, Primo has less NHL experience than Montembeau. I'm pretty sure. So I would say maybe Primo is not the guy for the Oilers to target. Okay. Especially in a year like this year, they need good cold ending today. Primo is not that. Could he be in? 10 games, in 20 games, in one year, in two years? 100%. 100%. Is he that today? No. So that kind of leaves us to look at Allen and Montembeau. Uh, so both Allen and Montembeau, 
looking at Money Puck, Money Puck, I just recently started diving into Money Puck. So I'm, you know, uncovering what a fantastic resource this is. Um, on Money Puck, it's got a lot of different goaltending stats that I have not seen anywhere else. It, they track rebounds, they track a bunch of different things. And part of what they track is high danger, unblocked shot attempts, um, converting that into a safe percentage for unblocked shot attempt safe percentage. And then also an expected unblocked, high danger, unblocked shot attempt safe percentage. And doing that for all levels of danger. So for low danger, for mid, for medium danger, all these other different things. Really cool. If you haven't checked it out, go check out Money Puck. Fantastic site. Now, both Allen and Montembeau have a higher high danger unblocked shot attempt safe percentage than expected. So the average goaltender in the league this year that faces that many high danger unblocked shot attempts has saved less than what Allen and Montembeau have. Okay. Now, both Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner have the opposite of that. They have a lower high danger unblocked shot attempt safe percentage than expected. So, and I guess maybe I didn't explain it as clearly, but the expected, when you look at expected goals and expected shot attempts, they're also looking at the location of the shots. They're looking at the type of shot. They're looking at the situation. And a lot of different factors are put into this metric, okay? It's not as simple as a shot from the slot. It's not that simple. There are certain types of shots that are easier to save. And that is taken into account with all expected goal models. Okay. And the expected part of this is taking a look at all those different factors and comparing that to the average goaltender. So that's just kind of another way to say it. Um, so with that, you know, at first glance, kind of seems like Montembeau is kind of the better option. If we take a look at the cap situation, the Canadians have 5.4 million in cap space. Okay. Jake Allen has a modified no trade clause. Important to note. So he needs to, with his modified clause, um, let's just do a quick check because I didn't actually uh, check this, but his modified no trade clause. Um, 
see if it'll show up for me. So just looking at Puckpedia. Okay, so modified, no trade clause. So a seven-team no-trade list. Okay, so he has to provide a list of seven teams that he will not accept a trade to. That's what that means. So that's good to know. It isn't just a straight-up he can deny any trade. He has seven teams where he's like, nope, do not send me there. So the Oilers, there's a good chance the Oilers are not on that list. Tough to say, but his contract is also 3.85 million for this year and next year. Okay. Montembeau, on the other hand, is a $1 million contract for the rest of this season. He is a UFA next year. So it's sort of a unique trade target if you think about it he's only 27 years old he's six foot three 199 pounds but because he's in the last year of a contract and he's a ufa next year he's almost like a rental he's a rental but he's not a proven goaltender but he's playing well so very unique situation there so with that if i'm the oilers i'm trying to get Montembeau. Okay. The $1 million contract is a lot easier to digest. What would they give up? And that's for another podcast episode. Now, because of the salary cap and because of the potential of Montembeau, that would be, those would be the factors that could increase the price of acquiring him. Right. And on the flip side with Allen, he has a lot of cap. But just looking at his statistics, he has been a fairly consistent above 905 save percentage his entire career. He's had good years and bad years. He's played for good teams and bad teams. And he has had some consistency issues from time to time. But if you're going to acquire a goaltender to be a backup to Skinner or even to push Skinner a little bit, they've gone the proven goaltender route before and they ended up with Jack Campbell. So maybe they need to just change things up a little bit and go after Sam Montembeau. Okay. He's been fat. He's been great this year. Nothing about his performance is screaming like, He is, you know, playing way too well for what he should. He's playing like a little bit better than what he should. Now, just going back onto Money Puck, um, if we look at his, uh, if we look at his goals saved above expected and his expected goals against and his actual goals against, His expected goals against for the season is 24. His actual goals against is 22. So he's saved two goals above expected. And same with Jack Allen. Okay. They're both fairly similar in many categories. Okay. But that's, uh, that's how that shakes out, you know, and the Oilers goaltenders on the other hand, 
Campbell and Skinner. If we look at those same stats, expected goals against for Campbell, 16. Actual goals against, 20. So he's saved almost four less than expected. Skinner, he's played 12 games instead of five for Campbell. Expected goals against, 31.89. Actual goals against, 39. Negative 7.1 goals saved above expected. So that's why it's negative because the stat is above expected. So negative seven. He should have saved at least seven goals more than he has. And if we look at the leaders in the NHL for this stat, according to Money Puck, Thatcher Demko has saved 10.7 goals above expected. Jordan Bennington, 9.4 goals above expected. And then um, if I hop three and four on the list, have eight, five games played, eight games played. Uh, fifth on the list, I talked about him earlier in the podcast with 13 games played, Cam Talbot, 8.2 goals saved above expected. Uh, his expected goals against has been 34, and he's only gotten 26 goals against him. So that's pretty fantastic. That's very happy for Cam Talbot. So if you're the Oilers, that's sort of the situation you're in. You either go for the unproven but promising Montembeau, or you get the sure thing in Allen and, you know, accept in both cases, you accept whatever sort of bumps come along the way with acquiring that specific goaltender pros and cons of both. I personally would go for Montembeau. The potential seems a bit higher. Allen could be playing, you know, a little bit above what he typically is. He's older. Okay. With Montembeau, you're getting a younger goaltender who is closer to their prime. Allen's kind of on the other side of it. Time will tell if the Oilers go this route. That's everything that I have for you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review. And please let us know on Spotify what you thought of this episode. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. It only makes me, it only helps me make the show better and give you the type of content that you want to see and hear. You can follow me on Twitter at C Kearney writer. You can follow the podcast on Twitter or X at striking oil pod. Go to the hockeynews.com slash NHL slash Edmonton dash Oilers to read all the latest articles from me and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. If you're already subscribed on podcast player, hop on over to YouTube, click subscribe, even though it's a video podcast, you can still have it playing in the background while you're making supper at night, while you're doing your dishes, while you're having your morning coffee before you get going to work. Okay. 
please subscribe on YouTube. Because as a reminder, in December, we're going full YouTube with the podcast. Okay. So just to give people a little bit of time, essentially two weeks to get to YouTube with the subscribing. Okay. And then subscribe to the Edmonton Oilers Substack, the Hockey News Substack, Edmonton Oilers, THN.substack.com. Free to join. There is a paid option where there are some perks for those with a paid subscription. Uh, you can just head on over to the Substack to see what those bonuses are. And the links for everything above are going to be in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, it's not a game day unless the Oilers play. I'll see you next time.